0: Welcome to Smart in the City, the Bible podcast where we bring together top actors in the smart city arena, sparking dialogues and interactions around the stakeholders and themes most prevalent for today's citizens and tomorrow's generations. I am your host, Hamlin Shimizu, and I hope that you will enjoy this episode and gain knowledge and connections to drive the change for a better urban life. Smart in the City is brought to you by Babble Smart Cities. We enable processes from research and strategy development to co-creation and implementation. To learn more about us, please visit the Bobble platform at babble-smart smartcitieseu
1: Now, just a short intermission to let you know of a small opportunity. Are you interested in a site visit to Doll Living Lab in Copenhagen combined with a Babel interactive capacity building session? Well, we are teaming up with Doll to offer a full experience package. So for more information, just book a call with us and we'll tell you all about it. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes. Now on to the regular programming. So welcome to a new episode. It's in cooperation with Autonomy Mobility World Expo. And I'm actually sitting in the city of Paris, live at the Expo um, as a media partner and uh, yeah, collaborating partner as well. And I'm enjoying meeting all the different partners and urban stakeholders here. Um, and while we may be in Paris, we're actually in this episode, we're not talking that much about Paris. We're, we're gonna move a little bit to England, of course, and more precisely to the area of Man- Manchester, the birthplace of the industrial revolution in the UK. So with me um, is Nick Verkloff. Um He is a senior policy manager at Transport for Greater Manchester. So hi, Nick. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you as well. And uh, are you enjoying this year's autonomy so far?
2: Very much so. It's really exciting to see so much innovation in one room um, and great to be in Paris as well.
1: Yeah, Paris is um, well. Usually a good time. We, we're, it's a bit of a difficult time right now that we're sitting at. I haven't seen the garbage bags piling up, but I think we got here at the right time. Yes. So
0: <laughs>
1: good. Um, so I'm wondering if um, now we, we turn a little bit of the focus. Um, so Manchester, you you were raised there around that area, I believe. Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, um,
1: so you must have some nice little tidbits <laughs> um, of, of little known facts about Manchester. So I wanted to ask you, um, what about uh, either Manchester or Greater Manchester, if you have a little fact to share with with our audience?
2: Sure. Well, from a, from a transport perspective, um, not only was it uh, the leader in the uh, Industrial Revolution, but Manchester was also the place uh, that invented the modern railway and also was the first place in the UK to have buses. 200 years ago next year.
1: Ooh, wow. Is there gonna be like a bus party to celebrate? I I, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) You're putting it on, right?
2: I'll be the first in line.
1: Okay, good, and I'm on the invite list. (laughs) Sure, absolutely. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. So um, I also want to hear about your story a little bit, Nick. Like what led you into transport? What led you here? Um, Tell us all, please.
2: Of course, so um, as you mentioned, I, I grew up in Greater Manchester And I think it's a really exciting place to be, and uh, and so I started my career there. In fact, my whole career has been in Greater Manchester. So I spent several years working for the Greater Manchester Combined Authority, which is our our city regional government, working with um, our mayor and the ten leaders of Greater Manchester. Uh, supporting on a wide number of different policy areas. so looking at um, em- employment standards, uh, looking at how we can improve access to opportunity, uh, the economy, all sorts of all sorts of different areas. Um, But it's a really exciting time at the moment for transport in Greater Manchester. Um, In in the UK at the moment, uh, buses, there we go again, I can talk (laughs) about buses all day, Uh, buses are deregulated outside of London. So basically that means that that local areas have very little control over them. Um, Greater Manchester is taking control of its local services. um, And and what that means is that we're going to have much greater ability to affect where they go who they serve uh, and 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 how people get around um as part of a wider integrated transport system so i think it- if, if you're going to work anywhere in transport at the moment, I think Greater Manchester is probably one of the most exciting places to do that. And that's really what attracted me to uh, to my current role, um, working on uh, buses, but also um, more widely than that, how we integrate um, buses with rail, with uh, active travel and with Metrolink, our light rail system as well
1: very very interesting background so um also a plug for i guess any career opportunities at uh, transport for greater manchester best place you I heard it from absolutely. him absolutely best place to work so um yes thank you for for sharing all of that so um can you give us a little bit more of an overview about how transport for greater manchester works like how are the different departments how is it how is it working?
2: Absolutely. So um, uh, we work we work very closely with the ten uh, local authorities in Greater Manchester, uh, and they're the highway authorities as well. So they control the roads, uh, and we work with them to support services, uh, provide passengers, customers with information. Uh, we own uh, Metrolink, which is our, our light rail system, which is the largest one in the UK. Um, And and what we've been tasked to do by the mayor, by the leaders of Greater Manchester, is develop that London-style integrated transport system that that I think everyone sees as being the right way to go in the future. Um, And so lots of people working very hard to that end uh, at the moment. And we're working with partners in government, with operators and with local stakeholders as well to make sure we get there
1: cool um so about this cooperation how how does that cooperation work um really with also do you work with private sector do you work i guess with all of the different stakeholders how how does that work
2: absolutely so so we work very closely with with Local residents, as you'd expect, so we're 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 very keen to make sure that that local people feel that they own their transport network, um, and uh, the, the integrated transport system that we're building is called the B network. Why the B network? Well, the, the B is a a civic symbol of of, of Manchester and, and, and latterly Greater Manchester um partly it comes about actually because of the uh, industrial revolution so bees were seen as a symbol of being an an industrious place um where people work together in a hive um so so that that's where the names come from and that's what we're we're working to deliver so yes working with residents to do that we're working with with businesses as well um to make sure that the services we provide fit their needs but also because we know there's an awful lot of experience and knowledge and expertise that we can draw on as we as we build that system.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely very important. Um, it, so what do you think are the similarities and maybe more of the differences in say a, another transport organization like yours? Like, how do you function differently?
2: So I I I, I think every, every city every area has a slightly different way of. Setting up how it how it runs transport services, um, clearly, I uh, I think I think the fact that until now we've not had that that level of control over bus services, which are by a significant margin the most uh, the most used form of public transport in Greater Manchester, means that we are slightly different to to many other transport agencies that you'd see in see in European cities so our role has been more about supporting customers trying to coordinate between operators as best we can um but i think it's also fair to say that that role is now changing and and with the b network we're going to have a a really important role um in delivering for passengers in greater manchester as well and 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 delivering actually not just for people who are using public transport but people who want to walk and cycle around greater manchester and and users of shared mobility as well.
1: Are you seeing an increase in people biking, cycling? It's, that's the same thing: biking and cycling, walking, yeah. <laughs> all of these things. <laughs> yeah,
2: a- a- absolutely, um, um, uh, definitely. And, and through the COVID nineteen pandemic, we saw uh, an increase in, in in people using active travel: walking, wheeling, cycling t- to get around Greater Manchester. And that's something that we we've wanted to build on. So we've got some some really ambitious plans to to develop our our active travel network and what we want to see is that that's an integrated part of that wider transport system as well as integrated as buses as trains as any other elements because fundamentally that's how people are going to get to and from bus stops railway stations uh, etc and and that's really important um we've got a um we've got two transport commissioners actually so we've got uh, a, a, an active Travel Commissioner Dame Sarah Storey, um, who has recently launched a, a refreshed mission for active travel in the city region. So really focused around making sure it's accessible, supporting people to to travel around in different ways and also communicating about it in new ways. Um, and we have a transport commissioner as well, Vernon Everett, uh, who's leading us on that journey into the integrated London style public transport network that we want to see.
1: I hear the word integration a lot. What does success look like for integration?
2: So I think we want people in Greater Manchester to be able to travel around almost in, in, a, in a way that's almost frictionless mm-hmm. between different between different modes uh, of travel. So whether whether people are taking a bus than a train or a tram than than a, 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 a higher c- cycle to get to their destination, it almost they almost shouldn't notice that they're changing between different ways of getting around um you might need to notice that if you're on a bike if you if you just sit there and don't pedal you won't get very far but um i, I think we want to make it as easy as possible for people to get around um and with that we want them to be able to access opportunity um uh, meet friends tackle social exclusion um and do all the do all the normal everyday things that we rely on a on a transport network to enable um it's not transport for transport's sake but it's about what can transport enable
1: do cars have a place in integration
2: i i yes um certainly um and and the b network certainly isn't about being anti-car or or, or anything like that but it's about giving people a choice i think and and we know that that building a better public transport network is good for everyone because it improves air quality, it reduces carbon emissions, it it even reduces congestion as well. So for those people who aren't able to take public transport for their journey for whatever reason, there are, are advantages there too. Um and and cars as well through integration we we hope that there are opportunities for things like park and rides or or even park and strides which is where you park your car and then and then walk the remainder of your journey Oh,
1: i haven't heard that before park and strides it's it's a it's a
2: natty term Ah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) very nice very nice and and what's what's stopping this what are the barriers what are the challenges
2: so I, I I think at the moment we're we're working through those challenges as 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 much as we can. Um, I think the nature, I think the way in which public transport has been set up in the past has been a bit of a barrier to integration. Um, those barriers are beginning to fall away now, and we're, we're working really closely with with operators to to do that, commercial and otherwise. Um, just yesterday um the mayor and the leaders of greater manchester signed a new devolution deal with government actually and one of the things in there was that it said that we could now work really closely with with great british railways which is the 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 emerging guiding mind for the railway in the in in great britain um and what that means is that that gives us that opportunity to properly integrate our railway network with the light rail network that we already control, and with the buses that are shortly coming under our control. So it feels like there's a golden opportunity in the next few years to do something really special.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, I, I think we all uh, feel that every time. Just as a commuter or as someone who travels, this sometimes big disconnect between, um, okay, now I have to walk 20 minutes to get to my next mode of transport or things along those lines. So, um, I guess this is a pain point for me personally. (laughs) So I appreciate that um, is what I'm trying to say. So, um, what, where do you think public transport falls short?
2: Uh, it's going to be a boring answer, but I, I think <laughs> integration. I think integration at the moment, or that's the, or the lack thereof, is is a, is a big gap. I, I think there are other elements as well that we will mm-hmm. want to improve over time. So I think at the moment, um, a frequency of service is something that, that that's that's lacking, and I think unfortunately we've been in a a position where um, patronage has dropped because services aren't that easy to use. That means that. They're not as financially viable as they would have been, which means that uh, operators necessarily have to remove services, which then makes the offer yet more unattractive and so fewer people use it. And so it's a downward spiral, unfortunately. But I hope that that by delivering this, this more attractive, more integrated network, we can get to a position where the spiral goes in the other direction where suddenly you have a network that's attracting more people that that is more commercially viable, which then means we can invest in more services and help to make them more attractive and bring more people onto the network.
1: Makes sense. Um, Finances, you mentioned it (laughs) and I wanna touch on it. What's the the business model behind uh, public transport in Manchester? Like, how do we make it financially um, doable for, yeah, let's say low income um, families and, yeah, how do you do it?
2: So we, we know that affordability is a, is a really important concern for people travelling on the public transport network. And it's a really important reason why some people don't travel on the public transport network as well. Um, one of the things that, that we've done in advance, actually, of, of taking proper control of the uh, of the bus network has been to, to introduce fare caps. Um, so from September last year um we introduced a a 2 pound cap for single journeys 5 pound for a day ticket um and what was really exciting about that was that that showed a significant uptick in patronage as a result over the following 3 months so uh the the uh, fare cap started in September and we were looking at a ten percent increase uh, of patronage uh, over the following three months, um, which I think is is great news for public transport because it shows that there are opportunities to bring more people to onto the network. And I think what we saw through that, and a, a, a piece of an evaluation has been done looking at what the impact of that 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 work is. Um, We've we've seen that many of the people who who took the bus more in that period are people who don't use it frequently and haven't used it previously. So there is appetite there to get onto public transport, even even from people who haven't necessarily used it in the past. Um, and sort of following on from from that initial cap earlier this year, we introduced a, a, a fair cap for for weekly tickets as well because we recognise that. Those are the tickets that are used mostly by by regular users of, of of buses, and and they're people who 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 also should benefit from 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 the opportunity that a, a lower or fixed fare can provide, um, particularly in the context of a, a cost of living crisis.
1: How did you find those numbers? Like. Was was there a lot of data backing these decisions? Or was it like, let's try this price point and see how it goes? So
2: you know? so it was partly based on um, existing fares and partly based on what was possible with the funding we had available. Um, and also, I think, importantly, it was about simplification as well. So before, for example, the £2 fare cap, um, journeys were... As in, as in many places based on destination and, and and the price you would pay would depend on how far you were going. So um, in some places that could be up to £4 for a, a, a single journey. Um, but I think having a really simple fare offer offers people the opportunity to think, oh, I'll get the bus. I know exactly how much it costs wherever I'm going. It's an easy option to make. And I suppose it comes back to that point about ease of use, creating a frictionless system If people know what to expect before they get on public transport, then I think it makes it a much more attractive offer.
1: Absolutely. I I love the simplification also of the price plans too. I feel like we don't talk about that that much. I've come across so many different um, cities and places where I, I come there, I'm, it's my first time there and I have no idea which ticket to buy. Like, Okay, it's talking about this zone, this place. I'm like, I don't know which yeah. which which zone I'm going to in which area. So uh, I think simplification there is really important as well. So um, yeah, maybe you've already spoken about it, but do you have a favorite project or anything that you want to speak about?
2: So one of the things that I'm really fortunate to be working on at the moment is the development of our uh, bus plan. Um, Buses—it so, all
1: comes back to buses—and
2: keep talking about yeah. buses, but they're they're <laughs> they're really important. And I think um, that our bus plan gives us an opportunity to set out a really exciting vision for what buses in Greater Manchester can provide. We know that, as I've mentioned, they're already the most the most used form of public transport in the city region. But I think there's an opportunity for them to be used more, not least because from a from a carbon reduction perspective, they're one of the the easiest ways that we can take uh, large people or take large numbers of people <laughs> rather uh, around around the city region um, in a in a in a less carbon intensive way than, than 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 cars or or, or other forms of travel. And buses are also really flexible compared to rail-based forms of transport too. So um, we can add in services, try new things, be innovative as well as we go. Um, so I think there's a real opportunity there. And because we've not done this before, because we are franchising afresh, I think there's an opportunity uh, that, that that's almost unique um, we probably won't get this opportunity again in in in, in the coming years because we are starting starting afresh. So I think there's a real a real chance for us to to do something new and to build in some e- exciting ideas for the future.
1: Cool, what is yes always <laughs> <laughs> always buses <laughs> nick the bus guy that's like... <laughs>
2: other forms of public transport we want an
1: integrated being yes <laughs> <laughs> we don't discriminate we just really like buses <laughs> um good good um so last last question of our of our main um of our main section i just sure. want you to paint a picture in for the audience um, imagine greater manchester in year 2050 let's say what does it look like
2: well, integrated uh, <laughs> transport and
1: lots of buses.
2: <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. I, I I think it's a it's a it's a place that that's that's fairer, that's greener, that's more prosperous, driven by good, reliable, attractive, affordable public transport that's easy to use, simple to understand, goes where you need it to at an appropriate level of frequency. It, it sounds fairly simple but i i think the opportunity it presents is is fairly revolutionary
1: yeah good picture good picture to paint and um this is your chance your only chance i give you in the interview no i'm just kidding <laughs> but this is your chance to um I, I always like to give an open floor now um is there anything that we didn't touch on during this that you're like oh, people really need to know about this
2: I, I think I think the, the the other thing that I would mention is that um, that we have touched on, but I think deserves some emphasis as well is the role of active travel in delivering a successful B network. Um, we know that at the moment, um, many people don't feel that they're able to safely cycle or scoot or e- even walk, to be honest, uh, to their destination, even where the journey is relatively short. Um, so helping people to feel feel safe, both in terms of reducing antisocial behaviour, but also uh, making sure that the highway and the, the infrastructure that's in, play, that's in place supports people to get to their destination in a way that they feel safe about. I think that's going to be a really important part of our work over the next few years as well. So in short, buses, yes, really important, but so is the rest of it too.
1: Good, good. Um, Great words to end it on. Um, Now I move to a little segment that we have. So we have different segments um, that we choose for different interviewees. Um, And the one that we chose today for you is called, it's very nice. It's a very lovely one. Um, (laughs) It's called Inspire Us.
0: Inspire us just a little bit with a story, a quote, or anything that has inspired you recently
2: oh goodness um i i i, I think travelling around on really really well put together properly integrated there I go again um <laughs> transport networks as i've done to get here today so travelling through london travelling through paris i've seen that the the opportunities that those can bring and I think sometimes when when we're focused on improving transport, it, it can be very easy to go to get stuck in a silo almost and become very focused on buses or other forms of transport. <laughs> it's not about it's not about the vehicle. It's not about the mode. It's about the people on it, and it's about how we get them to their destination, whether that's the new job, visiting someone in hospital, meeting a friend, whatever. But it's about helping people to really achieve their potential and supporting them to do that in a, in a simple way.
1: That was very inspiring. You, you, you did the assignment well, so.
0: <laughs> Thank um, you very much.
1: <laughs> Good, now I have one last question for you. So we're almost to the end. You've done brilliantly so far. Um, the question I ask every single guest, um, it's always very interesting to hear the different perspectives and it's to you, what is a smart city?
2: I think a smart city is one that works closely with the people who live there and work there, one in which people have access to high quality services, including transport. And uh, one that that sees itself, but having a role locally, but also a role globally, and that's uh, I suppose part of the reason why it's such a pleasure to be here today. Um, part of a, a global group of cities coming and talking about what we can do better and what we're already doing. So yeah, I think that's a smart city for me.
1: Yeah, very good answer. Um, have no have no uh, um, notes on that. So. <laughs> Yeah, then um, that's all she wrote. So uh, thanks so much, Nick. I I know it's always tight schedule at events and everything running around, um, but it's it's really, really valued to get your insights on all of this information. And I know everyone will be really interested to hear about all this work that you're doing. Um, So, yeah, I appreciate your time and have fun at the event.
2: Thank you very much.
1: And to all of our listeners, uh, don't forget you can always create a free account on babble-smartcities.eu to find out more about smart city projects, solutions, implementations, all these cool things happening. Um, And with that, thank you so much.
0: Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next stop on the journey to a better urban life.